All right, folks, welcome in to Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn at NBA Blackburn on Twitter, part of the Mile High Sports Podcast Network, and I am excited to chat about the Denver Nuggets. The final game of preseason is over with, it is done, and the Nuggets are now on to games that matter. That's an exciting thing. That's an exciting prospect for everybody I know. And it should be a good thing for this team. I am looking forward to it. Obviously, recording this offline once again, not doing it live. And obviously, the, this webcam is, is still a little bit different as well. But uh, trying to make it work. So if you're on the audio side, hopefully nothing's different for you. Hopefully, I'm still putting out the same good product there. Uh, but if you're on the video side, this will get rectified in just a little bit here, hopefully to trying to fix this stuff today if you're listening to this on a Friday. Uh, so we will see what happens, but hoping everybody has a great week, hoping everybody has a great weekend on this Friday, and we get to chat about the Nuggets, and we're going to chat about them now. They win the final game of the preseason. They go 3-2 and two in the preseason, this final one against the Los Angeles Clippers, who didn't really play anybody of consequence, final score, 103 to 100. Nikola Jokic was great in this one, but so was Bones Highland. And it was too bad that uh it was too bad that Bones rolled an ankle in that third quarter because he was on pace for quite the evening. Already kind of started having quite the evening for sure. 24 minutes for Bones, 25 points, seven rebounds, six assists. Uh he was locking in for, for this game. The only things that he didn't do that great were uh, 0 of 2 from 3, and then 5 of 8 from the line. But everything else, I thought he played He played really well against the Nuggets, and clearly this game mattered to him for sure. Uh, but for Denver, this was a nice tune-up game. This was a nice matchup for sure. First segment, we'll talk about this game. Second segment, we will uh, talk about what I believe will be the rotation heading into opening night. And then the third segment we will do kind of, is, is this team still the title favorite? Should they still be considered the title favorite? And if anything has changed in the preseason or not. Um, but yeah, let's get into this one first and foremost. Nikola Jokic, we have to talk about him. All the starters really played a bunch of minutes tonight. Uh, 28 to 29 minutes for all of the starters except Hunter Tyson, who got the start in place of Michael Porter Jr. Tyson only played 21 minutes. He did not start the second half. Peyton Watson started the second half and got some good run with the starters there uh, and looked decent, looked, looked, looked okay. He looked like he could fill a role, uh, but nothing, I, I think, too crazy. And it's interesting to see the way that Denver played, starting with Jokic, 25 points, 14 rebounds, 8 assists. That was a spectacular line. 9 of 15 from the field, 3 of 6 from 3, 4 of 5 from the line. This was a locked-in Jokic, and he played great defensively as well for the most part. Had a couple blow-bys, a couple opportunities where uh, an offensive rebound kind of fell into Avisa Zubac's lap against him, or uh, whether it was a drive-by bones that kind of got around him or stuff. But for the most part, Jokic was great, and, and he just looks like the best player in the world right now. And if he had to go back out there for a fourth stint in the fourth quarter, he would have done it, and he probably would have gotten up to 30, 15, and 10, something around there. And to say that, like, legitimately is insane. And he just does this. Like, this is just what he is. 
And it's really cool to be able to cover a guy like that, root for a guy like that, see what he does. And it's it's nice that Denver has him on their side, because if they didn't have him on their side, I would not be picking the Nuggets to win a title. Uh, it's just the plain and simple truth. He is the all-everything for this team. Jamal Murray was fine in this game. I, I didn't think he was that great. Probably subpar is probably the best way to put his night. He did have seven assists to one turnover, and that is a good ratio. He also was plus eight on the plus minus and had some good minutes and good production with a bench second unit that uh, didn't look great, but had good plus minus numbers and then actually finished the game pretty well. I'm not sure if that's more of a product of circumstance of the fact that the Clippers didn't have anybody that could really punish a second unit uh, or if it was something that the Nuggets did specifically, but I would guess that it's more of the former and that the second unit still has some things to figure out. Murray played with Reggie Jackson, with Braxton Key, a surprise addition, uh, Justin Holiday and Zeke Naji. I thought Naji played pretty well for the most part. There's still some things he has to work on around the rim, but 11 points, 5 rebounds, 1 assist, and a plus 9 in 20 minutes is a really good line for Naji. And... 7 of 8 from the free throw line. He is now 23 of 28 from the line for the entire preseason. And that's a great number. That is a a fantastic number, actually, where you're not necessarily expecting something like that from him. He is a career 65% free throw shooter, and he's not necessarily the most aggressive and tenacious and physical player. So him being able to get into spots where he can take and then make the free throws makes him a far more valuable player than he was. So hopefully he can continue that uh, going forward. KCP thought he had some great moments on both ends of the floor tonight. 13 points, 6 of 9 from the field, 1 of 3 from 3. Three steals and jumped a lot of passing lanes. There was one that he read so perfectly that he overran the pass and nearly missed the steal. Uh, Ultimately did collect it, but it was so funny. Like the, The pass was made and... The passer already knew that it was getting stolen and kind of flipped the pass a little bit lighter. And KCP picked it off, but just barely because he overran it. So he is locked in. He looks good. Aaron Gordon lobbing the ball up and and catching lobs to the Nuggets guys. And uh, he caught multiple lobs tonight, one from Murray and one from Jokic. And he just looks pretty good. He blocked uh, Bones Highland, I'm pretty sure, twice in this game and uh, just looked like the all-around force that he needs to be. So good stuff from AG. And then uh, a couple of other guys off the bench, I guess. Reggie Jackson was fine tonight, but this was another night where he's not really passing the ball and creating shots for other people. Seven points, three rebounds, zero assists, two turnovers in his 17 minutes. He shared the floor with Murray a little bit. But he's also out there with Jokic and the starters at times, especially when Murray's staggering in that first half. And Reggie was the first guy off the bench, replacing Murray in the rotation. And that's something that he's just got to be a better passer. He's got to be able to ingratiate himself a little bit better because Denver, while they do have other guys that can do it, the Nuggets are at their best when their point guard and their center are running the dribble handoff game. And if Reggie is struggling to do that, shot three of nine tonight, then that's at least a, a minor concern. I would say that 
in general, the Nuggets are still trying to figure out their rotations, obviously. I'll talk about that in the second segment just a little bit. Uh, in, ju- in just a little bit. But what I would say more is that the the bench power forward spot is still up for grabs between Hunter Tyson, Peyton Watson, and Braxton Key. Uh, that's one that I'm watching out for. And tonight, you saw Hunter Tyson get the start at small forward and basically be that tall shooter. Uh, but he had played off the bench for the entire preseason. We've seen him in that role before. And he was fine. There are good things and there are bad things about Hunter Tyson being out there. Defensively, he's going to get taken advantage of because of his athleticism. But he is a capable three-point shooter and spacer and can rebound a little bit more than some of the other guys. Grab five rebounds in 21 minutes tonight. Braxton Key, uh, his plus-minus is pretty good throughout the play the, the uh, preseason. I do think that there are some things that he adds to the group a little bit more dynamic athleticism and strength than somebody like Hunter Tyson or Peyton Watson. Uh, Maybe not dynamic athleticism because Peyton Watson can get up there. But the strength factor and the stability factor that comes with being actually a forward as opposed to a wing, uh, Key's got that better than Watson. And Watson, for, for all that he has done and accomplished so far, he's still trying to figure some things out. Plus 15 in 21 minutes tonight and the majority of that good stint was with the starters. So I, I will see what happens. Like I think he could overlap with some starter minutes and be pretty good. But then again, so can everybody. So I'm not sure what his ultimate role is going to be. Didn't necessarily do anything too spectacular tonight. The one putback dunk that he had was the only basket that he had. He was 0 of 5 otherwise. Had a turnover and just kind of played a little bit tentative here or there. Or he wasn't, or he was too aggressive in some situations and didn't really read the floor that well. So he's got a long way to go. And Denver, like they're they're starting games in a few days, so gonna need somebody to step up there. Justin Holiday bounced back a little bit with his shot. That was good to see. Eight points, three of six from the field, two of four from three, uh, four rebounds, two assists, one steal, and that that's. That's the better version of Justin Holiday, but it took him a while to get there. Hopefully he's back. Hopefully he's ready to go and the Nuggets can kind of take that into account in the future. We will see what happens. Uh, then last guy, I guess, in the, the rotation here, Jalen Pickett. Only seven minutes tonight, and they were basically the, the final seven minutes of the game, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, let me check that, actually. Yeah, final seven minutes of the game. So he does not look like he has a case for the rotation at this point. And he's not ready. Like, it's going to take him a little bit. I totally get that. Uh, But there are still some things that he's got to figure out. He did hit a three. And maybe just more reps as a three-point shooter is going to help him. But at this point, I don't think he can be accounted for as a rotation option. He's going to need some seasoning in the G League and maybe some time to just get adjusted to what's going on here. So we will see what happens. But let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to chat about the rotation and kind of how I think it's going to play out once everybody comes back. But first, everybody, why would you bet with the big boys this football season when you could instead try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall? Superbook Sports, they're the book next door. They're just a group of odds makers, the best odds makers in the business, putting together the best odds and parlays anywhere. 
And now Superbook will give you a bonus of up to 250 bucks when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code MILEHIGH. So make sure to bet with the best and use that promo code MILEHIGH this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. We'll be right back on Pickaxe and Roll. back pickaxe and roll ryan blackburn here thank you so much everybody for tuning in appreciate all the love and support on the podcast as always if you can it'd be awesome if you could rate review and subscribe to the podcast five stars on apple podcast spotify google that would really help it would help tremendously actually so all right let's get into the second segment here these are stats and kind of rotation predictions that i wanted to kind of throw your way who is in the rotation? Who is out of the rotation? Because two players that we expect to play a major role for the Nuggets this year, Michael Porter Jr. and Christian Brown, they played zero minutes in the in the preseason. They should be ready to go when the regular season comes around. But in those situations, Michael Malone has been generally pretty cautious. The Nuggets have been pretty cautious about throwing guys immediately into the fire. So I'm not expecting major minutes for Michael Porter. Not expecting major minutes from Christian Brown. While those guys would be ready for a regular season rotation spot, I think that they're probably going to be eased in. So I'll say like 25 minutes for Michael Porter and 15 minutes for Christian Brown would be my expectation in that first game. So that's going to leave some openings. It's going to leave some some gaps in the rotation and what Denver needs to fill. Their starters are all basically going to play 30 minutes outside of uh, outside of MPJ. And it could involve Jamal Murray staggering, kind of like what he did tonight. Reggie Jackson's probably going to play. You need a second point guard, uh, somebody that can direct the traffic a little bit on the offense a little bit. Although, uh, I'm talking to my guy Swipe at some point here real soon. And and he has this idea that Denver may not need a second point guard. They could get by without one because Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray uh, play the way that they do. And then if they stagger, then you have Murray in the minutes that Jokic doesn't play. And then Jokic can carry the offense without Murray when he's not out there. And I get that. I totally understand that. I also know that sometimes it's nice to have another capable ball handler out there, kind of like a Bruce Brown. And the Nuggets, they are lacking in that department, given that some guys that they may be hoping develop into that, like a Peyton Watson, like a Michael Porter, like a Jalen Pickett maybe, those guys are, are a little bit slow on the draw. Even maybe a Julian Strother, by the way. Um, so Reggie Jackson kind of has to be out there in a lot of ways. And that's a like that's part of a, a good problem to have, I guess, for Denver, that if that's the worst kind of area of their rotation or like the most questionable area of their rotation, the rotation's pretty good, but I still have some question marks. So I'm going to share right now the final preseason plus minus totals for all of the Nuggets roster guys. Uh, this does not include Christian Brown and Michael Porter, but I think it includes everybody else if I'm not mistaken. So here we go. Aaron Gordon plus 24. Jamal Murray, plus 24. Jokic, plus 18. KCP, plus 16. 
Those are your four starters outside of Porter. That's not a surprise. The next highest guy is Zeke Naji, and I wasn't really expecting that. I thought that he had some not necessarily great moments throughout this preseason. I think him going up against Andre Drummond was a pretty tough matchup, and then he didn't look great in this last Clippers preseason game, in my opinion. But the plus minus is the plus minus, and if Denver's getting positive contributions from everybody across the board in their rotation, they're going to win a lot of games. It's going to be hard to stop them. So just keep that in mind. The next guy is Braxton Key at plus 11, and he's the only other guy, double digit plus minus, and part of that was, hey, play some garbage time. Sometimes it goes one direction or the other, and this time it went Denver's way, and this is still a small sample size that things can be adjusted, but the Nuggets have played decent basketball with Braxton Key on the floor. That's interesting. Hunter Tyson, plus four. He did have some overlap with the starters in this last game, but who knows? Maybe he's a, a guy that they could get by with. Uh, Julian Strother, plus three. He's obviously shown out in a big way this preseason. I, I'd be shocked if he wasn't at least a top option for Denver's final couple of rotation spots in the regular season. Jay Huff was a plus two in brief time. Jalen Pickett a zero in big in brief time, like net neutral. Justin Holiday a minus five, which I think is interesting given that he has started basically four games, I think, for Denver. And that is a that is a lot of games. Like he's played five, I'm pretty sure. And in four of them, he's been a starter. So being a minus five in that situation isn't great. Peyton Watson minus eleven. Reggie Jackson, minus 14, and then DeAndre Jordan rounds out the crew with minus 31. Uh, so, and that that DeAndre Jordan number is minus 31 in about 38 minutes, by the way. So the minutes with DeAndre on the floor have not been very good. And I think that is a fair assessment when trying to break down the Zeke Naji versus DeAndre Jordan minutes in the regular season, where a lot of people will be frustrated with Zeke at, at the lack of rebounding or size in the interior. But sometimes when you put out a guy that has more of that, but is just a worse player, then it actually still affects things in a negative way. So I think that Zeke should be the guy as the backup center. I think that he's kind of separated himself here. He's played pretty well, 23 of 28 from the free throw line, as I mentioned. And he allows Denver to play this switching style, which should benefit them and, and benefits them because a lot of their perimeter guys aren't necessarily the best, like, stay in front of players. So if if they aren't the best isolation and pick and roll guys that stay attached to their man, I'm thinking of Reggie, they give Jamal sometimes, uh, and I think Julian Strother would be a guy who struggles with this too. I like the idea of Christian Brown and Peyton Watson and Zeke Naji. And even Julian Strother switching screens and, and fighting for position and Christian would help on the glass and things like that. So Denver's going to have to do a good job there. But I do think that it's an it's a good thing that Zeke is playing the way that he is because he has now, I think, like this game, I think, has separated him as the option that Denver has to go with at the five. Um, I think that that's one key factor. If Christian Brown is set to play, then the other key factor is trying to figure out what to do with Julian Strother and what to do with uh, Reggie Jackson, because that might be the the key decision at that point. 
if you think that Christian Brown is going to be your backup sixth man, if or your your sixth man, if you think that Zeke Nagy is going to be your backup center, those are pretty much penciled in. Then what do you do with the rest of the group? If you think that Jamal Murray is staggering, do you need Reggie Jackson on the floor? Probably not. But it's also early in the season. It's also Michael Malone. And I think that he is going to default to the veterans. I think that Justin Holiday potentially is another guy that he defaults to instead of going to a Peyton Watson or a Hunter Tyson. And when you account for that, that's a that's a pretty interesting dilemma that he's in because I think that Holiday, despite the fact that he shot a little bit better today, that he uh, he had some good options as a as a defensive player, like he had some some good plays, is what I mean. I'm not sure that he gives you the best chance to win with that second unit. I'm just I just don't know. And if that's the case, then maybe going with the younger guy to see if they could develop into a player that can help you. Maybe that makes sense. It also probably doesn't make sense for opening night to go with the younger guy. You probably just go with the veteran on a ring night and you try to make it work. So if I had to guess, I am going to predict that Michael Malone goes with the starters. And then the primary rotation that he makes is staggering Jamal Murray with the second unit once again. And then if the Lakers, for example, if they stagger LeBron a little bit, then I think that they will, like the Nuggets will go with Aaron Gordon to try to match up with his minutes as much as possible. And they'll play Gordon with the second unit. He'll be a defensive option. Zeke Naji will be the backup five next to him. And they will play Christian Brown and either Reggie Jackson or Justin Holiday next to those guys uh, in, in that primary unit. That would be my guess for opening night. And then throughout the regular season, they're going to figure out what to do with that four because I don't think that they're going to stagger Gordon a ton. I think they're going to try to keep his minutes slowed down if it's a matchup thing and they need somebody with more size and more physicality, then they're either going to have to go to Gordon or they're going to go to Braxton Key. Like that's kind of a surprising one there, but I think he might be an option. I think he might be an option for them to go to. He has enough of an offensive game that I think he can hold up a little bit, but he's just more physical and more solid than Watson right now. And I think that makes a difference for this particular matchup. So going to be fascinating to track this throughout the year. But if I had to predict it as of this moment, I will say that Denver plays. I'll say they play 10 guys on opening night and Reggie Jackson Christian Brown, Justin Holiday, Julian Strother, and Zeke Naji. Actually, no, instead of Julian Strother, it'll be Peyton Watson. I think they'll play Peyton Watson instead of Julian Strother, and then they'll play Zeke Naji. So all five of those options, and in addition to the starters. So we will see what they ultimately do, but that that's my take right there. Let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to chat about uh, whether this team is still the favorites and whether they deserve to still be the favorites after what we saw this preseason. We'll be right back. Good morning, Broncos releases every Monday through Friday. 
at 9 a.m. on the Mile High Sports YouTube channel. Make sure to go check that out. Cody Rourke does fantastic work. Uh, if you're listening to this podcast, uh, if you're if you're on YouTube, then you'll you might see that this releases at 6 a.m. on Friday, and that's when it will come out. That's when it will be available, and that should be a good thing for uh, leading into Good Morning Broncos. So should be fun. Very excited to see what what Cody's got cooking for for this particular week, and what the Nuggets can do or what the Broncos can do going forward. And if they if they ultimately trade Russell Wilson, that should be fascinating. But we will see. I don't know if you can hear this, but the the cat is now outside the door as I record this podcast. So fantastic work, thank you. I really appreciate that. Um, all right, let's wrap this up by talking about the Nuggets and their chances of repeating for a title. I think that there are some interesting teams out there this year. There are some interesting teams. I think the Suns and the way that they ultimately play around Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, Bradley Beal, I think that's going to be fascinating to track throughout the season. I think that the Lakers and the way that they play around LeBron and AD and Austin Reeves will be fascinating to track throughout the year. just for posterity's sake, the Suns and the Lakers played tonight, and they basically played each other to a standstill in the first half, and then the Suns ran away with it in the second half. Their bench just absolutely decimated the Lakers' bench for whatever reason. And no uh, Cam Reddish and Colin Castleton and Max Christie. Uh, Max, Max Christie might actually play, uh, but... Christian Wood was a minus 35 in 15 minutes. Let me repeat that. Christian Wood was a minus 35 in 15 minutes. Rui Hachimura was a minus 30 in 19 minutes for the Lakers. And that's against the Suns bench. That's not against anybody special. So I think it's fair to have questions about both teams and their depth. Uh, the Lakers especially, they they were only missing... They missed Jared Vanderbilt tonight. They missed Gabe Vincent. Those guys would obviously help. They'd be options. But the Lakers' top line is still very good. Is it as good as Denver's? No. That was pretty clear in the Nuggets-Lakers playoff series last year, and I don't think that that's going to change with year 21 LeBron, with Anthony Davis going into another year of his career, uh, as injury-prone as he usually is. So going to be fascinating to see what the Lakers do. The Suns, I, I think the Suns are going to be pretty good. Is their depth good enough? I don't know. Like when when they have to step up in moments like this, I the Lakers were leading at halftime, and that was with Booker and Beal both not playing. No point guard for the Suns. the The leading assist man for them tonight was Drew Eubanks with six of six assists and sixteen minutes off the bench. I assume that that was running the DHO game mostly. Maybe he's passing out of the short roll. But I think the Suns, their regular season record could be not as good as I thought it was going to be if they end up having some injuries to their top guys. But I do think that they're going to be pretty dangerous because Booker's going to play 42 minutes. Beal's going to play 42 minutes. Durant's going to play 42 minutes. Nurkic is going to play 42 minutes, and that's that's more of an issue. He's not actually going to play 42, but against anybody but the Nuggets, I think that they're going to be a problem. So that's why I think pretty highly of them. 
and then other teams around the NBA, uh, not, let's say around the West, not really concerned with many of them. Sacramento ultimately won barely in this game after their bench came back, but they were down in uh, the fourth quarter and nearly went uh, 0-5 in the preseason, which is never something you want to do. They ultimately pulled it out, but I think the the Kings might be in for a regression. The Memphis Grizzlies, I do have respect for. I think that they are going to be talented and good. Uh, but in general, what I'm trying to get at here is that the Nuggets, there's no reason to not consider them the West title favorites, or the West favorites again. Like, they should get out of the West. Despite the fact that there are some competitive teams, there are some good teams, there are no great teams. There just aren't. Like, the Suns are not a great team. I don't believe that they are. I don't think the Lakers are a great team either. I don't think that the the Warriors are a great team. I think the heck, they can have great moments. Uh, they're one of the teams that I'm curious in. Like Steph just hit a game winner uh, on Thursday night against the Kings and, and their starters. So he is still one of the most dangerous players in the world. Is the rest of their roster? No, of course not. So still trying to figure out what that means and what that means for this particular season. But in the West, I don't think that there is a team that should challenge the Nuggets seriously. Like with the way that Jokic is playing, with the way that Murray elevates, and then the depth that the Nuggets have in their starting unit, uh, and then finding different options in their second unit, I think that they'll be just fine. They're going to have to find a Julian Strother as somebody who could really stand out in their, their second unit. They might have to trade for a backup point guard. They might have to trade for a backup big man. They might even have to trade it for like a backup four. Somebody who can just be a six foot eight, six foot nine dude. That's a little bit more stable than some of the options that they have. But they have the flexibility to do that. And I, I just, I think that their team's going to be just fine. Like this, this Nuggets team's going to be just fine. In the East, we're going to find out about Boston and Milwaukee. They're going to have to face each other. So the Nuggets would only have to face one of them if they ultimately got to the NBA Finals. But the Celtics look pretty good. Their starting lineup played tonight against the Charlotte Hornets starting lineup, and the Celtics demolished the Hornets in three quarters, basically. Uh, they all played 23 minutes, Tatum, Porzingis, Holiday, White, Brown, and their plus minuses look very strong. Uh, that is going to be a good team. That is going to be a very interesting team, and they have so much talent all the way around that you can account for like you, you have to guard everybody and you have to worry about everybody defending you that's a that's a potential issue now Denver is going to be fine scoring on them uh Porzingis will be like a help side guy while Horford will be the the main guy um guarding Jokic for the most part but Jokic will be fine with that that's not going to be an issue for him now what could be an issue is with the Bucks where you can have Brooke Lopez as the main defender on Jokic, and then Giannis as the weak side roamer. But the lack of size that the Bucks have in the rest of their their starting unit, like Dame, Pat Connaughton, and Chris Middleton is big, but like he's not super physically imposing. I think that Denver is going to be fine scoring on them too, and Murray is going to go off against a team like the Bucks uh, because they don't have Drew Holiday. The Celtics do, 
and that's a that's a element that I think the Nuggets should at least be wary of. Maybe I'm maybe not concerned by yet because they have to get there first. But like, uh, that's at least something to think about at the end of the road is the way that this team would match up with the Celtics, would match up with the Bucks, and having a bunch of wings that are dynamic and capable, which Denver does. That's important. Having Jokic, having Murray, that's obviously important too. I wonder what they need against the Celtics and Bucks specifically to ensure that they are the title favorites. But the fact is, is that if nobody can match up with them in the West and you feel very good about their pathway through the West, and I do, I still do. I I don't think anything that I've seen so far has really changed my opinion on that. Nothing I've heard from anybody has really changed my opinion. I watched Yusuf Nurkic really struggle against the Lakers tonight. Uh, watched uh, the Lakers in their second unit really struggle against the Suns' second unit. So that's a problem. Um, I think that Denver's going to be okay in the West. How they match up with the Celtics, how they match up with the Bucks is going to be fascinating. But the fact that they can get through that West pretty straightforward, I think that they should be the favorites. They have the easier path, whether people want to agree with it or not. Yes, there are some really good teams in the Western Conference, probably a larger amount of good teams, but the East has two great teams in the Celtics and the Bucks, in my opinion, and they will beat up on each other. And one of those teams is not making it. So going to be fascinating. I'm, I'm curious to see what ultimately happens, but I do think that the Nuggets are still the title favorites. I think it's fair to call them title favorites. Uh, and even though there hasn't been a title repeat since the Warriors, would any team remind you of the Warriors more than the Nuggets with the way that they play and the style that they have and Jokic as a transformative superstar in the way that Steph Curry is? No, certainly like everybody should be reminded of that. Also, you could call Tim Duncan or LeBron or any of those guys as transformative superstars the way that Jokic is. And there's just nobody in the NBA today that can match that from a all-around perspective of what Jokic actually does to the game. And I think that that's a really, really important point when talking about title favorites. The best player often wins a series, and the Nuggets will have that in every series they play. So we will see what happens. But for now, folks, that is going to do it for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning into the show. I appreciate all the love and support on the podcast, as always. Make sure to hit that like and subscribe button. That would really help us out. Uh, The channel has been growing, uh, growing and growing over the course of this summer and into this fall. And we love to see it. It helps us out tremendously. And you're helping all of us for sure. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll talk to you guys very soon.